For many years, I have been obsessed with the image of Gan Eden, the Garden of Eden. I love the idea of this place where human love first sparked and where our tradition teaches that everything was beautiful and in balance. As we read the creation story in this week's Torah portion and take the opportunity to be stunned by a gorgeous sunset, or smell the amazing flowers that seem to always be blooming around the Bay Area, or even better, gaze into the eyes of someone you love, or even a stranger, with the full knowledge that this person is created, B'Tselem Elohim, in the divine image. As we take time to notice the beauty and abundance of creation all around us, it's critical, I think, that we also take a look around and remember and engage with that which is not working out so well for the majesty of God's creation. To be honest with you, environmental justice is not what I would call my core issue that I feel really energized to work on. Perhaps for some of you it is, and others you might be more like me. You know that there are huge problems with the environment, and you do your best to recycle or compost and save energy, and you don't really know how to do a lot more than that. I mean, it can feel overwhelming to read a headline. 3.19 million barrels of oil spill into the Gulf of Mexico, or massive island made up of garbage discovered in, Pacific, in the Pacific Ocean, or 115 million animals killed in laboratory testing last year. And I could go on, and we all know these headlines and the potential to leave us feeling depressed and hopeless. I don't actually want to preach about it. I'm a poet. I'd rather speak about, for example, how a sunrise reaching through my beard with the pink arms of clouds is like Elohai Neshama, the good sweet soul breath, filling lungs with the crack of dawn and the promise of what might be. Or I'd rather tell you stories of a garden that sleeps quietly like babes before first touch gives way to awesome and devastating story, brimming with the sublime of the mundane and the crushing weight of each of us. Because when I read the story of creation, I want to revel in that garden. I want to spend my time dreaming of a lush and beautiful place where everything is peaceful and perfect, and I want to preach to you about what it means that our tradition holds up this image for us, this beautiful and precious vision of an untarnished primordial space that we all emerge from. We are garden people, I want to tell you. Leave this sanctuary and go notice all that is good and beautiful in God's creation. Fill your heart and souls and lungs with more gratitude than you ever thought you could muster. But that sermon feels Irresponsible. Irresponsible when you reel in a Safeway bag instead of a fish in the expansive waters created to mirror the heavens for the sparkly star and light-filled creation that they are, like we have climbed to heaven itself and filled it with plastic bags. Feels irresponsible when we are turning this cool green majesty into a cracked dry brick oven, when we know that the animal we are eating never saw the light of day or its mother? How can I speak of God's creation when we can't seem to live like God's image, when we can't remember that what is holy and perfect is not consumerism or plastic, but a garden, 
a simple, small garden, just like the first day, the first touch. A few minutes ago, we all chanted the words of the Via Hafta together. Some might be aware that in the Reform prayer book, the editors chose to remove a paragraph from the traditional Via Hafta. It's not there at all. The verses that we chant come from Deuteronomy chapter 6 and speak about the words of the Shema and all the places and times that we should say them. But there's this middle paragraph that we leave out. I'd like to give you a taste of those words. If you indeed heed my commandments, with which I charge you today, to love Adonai your God and worship God with all your heart, with all your soul, I will give rain in your land in its season. You shall gather in your grain, wine, and oil. I will give grass in your field for your cattle, and you shall eat and be satisfied. Be careful, lest your heart be tempted and you go astray and worship other gods, bowing down to them. Then the anger of God will flare up against you, and God will close the heavens so that there will be no rain. The land will not yield its crops, and you will perish from the good land that Adonai your God is giving you. The words continue, promising abundance and well-being if we obey God's commandments, and equally promising devastation and despair if we stray. Reform Judaism has long been uncomfortable with this kind of reward and punishment theology, a theology that is really the foundation of the whole book of Deuteronomy. Our early Reform rabbis looked around and saw that bad things happened to good people and for good reason could not bring themselves to teach that human suffering was any kind of divine punishment. So in their efforts to create a modern and progressive Judaism, they removed these words. But as I think of that Garden of Eden, the garden that I just wish we could all take some time to dream about right now, I think our reformed sages, may their memories be for a blessing, missed something. Do we not find ourselves in exactly the predicament that the Via Hafta prayer warns of? Have our hearts not been tempted by the false gods of consumerism and greed? Have we not abandoned the very things that our tradition teaches will bring about a good land, a land that might nourish us Lador Vador from generation to generation? I don't need to read you the statistics. We know how bad it is. We all know how close to the edge of disaster we've come. I want to chant that story of creation and invite each of us to be nothing but mesmerized by the stunning sight of it all. But Via have to add something to this story. We don't need that garden. We can have that good land now in our lives if we live in balance, if we refuse to abide a culture of greed and environmental degradation, if we understand Via Hafta's message to be an invitation, not a promise of punishment, but a calling out of possibility to each of us. Will we do what is right and just and moral and good so that sweet rain might fall on parched breath, that the kiss of sunlight be a blessing, not a blazing curse, that wading into the cool, quiet lake with the minnows and dragonflies and a perfect long-necked bird at dawn might once again quench and clean and calm? Where will you build your garden? Shabbat shalom. Thank you.